0: From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict episode two hundred and seventy. Today's show is brought to you by Pen Chalet, Blue Apron, and Harry's. My name is Mike Hurley. I am joined by Mr. Brad Dowdy.
1: Hello, Mike Hurley, from again another undisclosed American location. I am in Memphis, Tennessee,
0: right now, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I am currently inside of the Relay FM World Headquarters, um, which is <laughs> Stevens Studio Space. Yeah. Um, slash Apple Museum. Slash Museum. Yep. So I'm here. Uh, we actually did a little QA in this studio last night. Um, it is. Oh,
1: cool. I thought I saw some links to that, but I didn't watch it yet.
0: Yeah. It's, it's Relay FM's anniversary week. Um, Relay FM turns three years old on the 18th of August. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we like to do a few special things during that week. Um, including our membership, which I'm going to talk about in a moment, uh, but we did a Q and A last night, which you may enjoy. It was me and Stephen together, and we recorded it on the uh, inside the, the studio, so you can see some of Stephen's uh, antique Macintosh Macintosh collection behind us. But it is fun, and I recommend it. Um, we had fun with it, and I think there's some interesting stuff in there if you're interested in what we do.
1: Yeah, and since y'all had such a late night, we did not record at 10 o'clock this morning like uh, my stupid calendar said. So that was all my fault. I apologize to our live listeners who were looking for a 10 a.m. show. Um, That is completely my fault. And uh, I actually had the time in the calendar correct, but I did not change the header, which says podcast 10 a.m. scheduled for 12. Uh, So I'm dumb. uh, We need to get into this a little bit now. Uh-oh.
0: Is this Cortex ish? Hang on a second. Do you upgrade-ish? save the titles of your
1: calendar events with the time in them? So for this particular thing I did because it's a shared calendar with my wife and family. So just for the podcast, since it's Wednesday, every Wednesday at ten A.M. in perpetuity, I just say podcast ten AM so they don't have to think about it. And so when we changed when we change one, I just drag it over, you know, to from Wednesday to Tuesday. And I always change the title because I always change the time, and I just didn't on this one. Interesting. So, yeah, I understand that's a, not a normal thing, and that's that's the only thing I do it for. I don't have um, times in any calendar okay. entries other than that one particular one. But so I could it's probably, like change, perfect, I probably change it to it. everybody. It that's the reason. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I just need to change that, and that's my fault because I'm a dummy.
0: All right, so should we talk about? Um, I promised a uh, update on the backer vlog,
1: last episode. Well, yeah. yeah, it's good timing. We got lots to talk about on that.
0: Yeah, my update is I completed it and it's published. <laughs> um, it's a just a private YouTube video. Um, if you are a backer, you should have got an email or something like that. It will be going out to you. It's also in the backer updates on Kickstarter.
1: Yep. So, and I, I sent that out yesterday afternoon, I yep. believe. Um, got a yep. lot of good feedback on that. I haven't mm-hmm. gone and checked. I don't know if anyone leaves comments on the, the private videos. They so. do,
0: and they have, and uh, they've been really good so far, which makes me happy because <laughs> uh, I know I, I got tricky. a few
1: emails that were good. Yeah,
0: it was tricky to put the vlog together for, from like a from a videoing perspective. Like I wasn't, I wasn't sure what I should be showing and what I shouldn't be showing, um, and mm-hmm. I kind of t- up towards more of the people than the pens. Yeah. Um, and I, and I hope that, I hope that people enjoyed that. I hope that that was a, I hope that people got something out of it. I wanted to kind of do my best to show what they're like, like what the pen shows are like.
1: Yeah. And I think that's something we can focus more on in the future as well, because I got an email, you know, it's a really good, you know, constructive criticism email that, you know, I love your pen show visits, but your focus has changed and i want to know more about the show itself and the vendors and the new products and i'm like yeah i get that because i've gone now i go to work pen shows instead of visit pin shows yeah. right so that content's a little bit different but i think that's something i can you know think about and change in the future and i thought you did hopefully you did a good people think you did a good job of capturing that and i thought it was very cool thank you very much yep and so there are people who are wanting to know if they can get access to the video and to the pen Addict podcast live recording video. If you are interested in doing that after the fact, you can email me hello at dot com, And uh, we'll talk about the details on getting you access to that if you are interested. So um, I don't mind doing the video stuff after the fact, um, yeah. and I can just send like PayPal invoices or whatever. We can't mm-hmm. do any sapalos anymore; those are, no. those are done and gone. Yeah, um, yeah. That, that's the thing because there are people that come to the show later and they
0: want to get the videos, and we try and accommodate where we can. So, uh, you know, you can Brad will work it out with you, and then any money can yep. go in towards next year's fund. I guess, yep. or I mean, we still got more this year, <laughs> uh, which yeah. we're going to talk about kind of <laughs> at the end of the show today. Yeah, we might want to get that one rolling. <laughs> yeah, you're telling me. Um, we so, keep talking about it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, at the end of uh, last week's show, during last week's show, I mentioned yep. that I was going to head over to Kinokuniya. Kino oh yeah, my, did I there. get it right? Yeah, pretty good there. Which is a um, very populous uh, pen and bookstore in New York, because it was like a couple of blocks from my hotel. So uh, I went there, and there was an abundance of stuff, like an overwhelming amount of pens in this place. Um I can see why people like go mad for Kino because it is gel pen heaven. Like there was just absolutely every type of pen you would ever wish for. Now I am not a gel pen person. So for me, I I didn't really buy anything. I was just looking around. Um, Mm -hmm. I bought a a gift of, uh, Kalito with a bunch of different colors for someone. Mm -hmm. Um, but I and then I ended up buying some blue pilot M90 cartridge like some blue pilot cartridges for my M90. Sure. Because it was all they had. Um and they had an interesting fountain pen collection. They had some nice pilots, like they had some custom made twenty threes and stuff like that in there. Which I was okay. really impressed with. Like I was like, well, oh, that's they've actually got a pretty serious set of vanishing points. Like they had a pretty serious collection, but their fountain pen collection was really small and quite restricted. Mm. Um and they had some ink and stuff like that too, like Hiroshizuku. Um, And then they had some like like a bunch of washi tape stuff and a bunch of interesting notebooks. They have they had a larger collection of moleskin than I was expecting, um, but also a large collection of leuchterm. So it was it was a cool experience to see a store like that, but it doesn't carry the stuff that I am necessarily too interested in buying, nor would I have expected it to.
1: Right, right, yeah. That doesn't surprise me. That is interesting about the fountain pen setup, and it makes sense that it's all pilot because I'm sure they have a pretty big pilot account with all the other things that they carry. Yeah, they had everything, man. Pencils and erasers. They
0: had like Pereira's. They they had mm-hmm. the whole shebang for the pilot yeah. stuff. They had yeah, a couple of sense. sailors, like um, what is the 1911s? Mm-hmm. Um, but it it was mostly it was mostly pilot stuff, and they had the whole.
1: They had the whole gamut. They ran the whole gamut. Yeah, and it's also like you said, they had the Moleskines and Loesch terms. But I know it's a huge Japanese notebook store too. And I know a lot of people. I know that's not your thing at all. Um, but I know a lot of people will go there and just stock up on all kinds of weird notebooks. This was weird really for great. me. Like
0: I reckon I was looking in the wrong place because I didn't really come across any. I mean, I don't know okay. where the Japanese notebooks were. Like, I, sure, it was really busy in there. I will say that. So like, I didn't look at everything. <laughs> like it was, it was packed full of people, and I was waiting for like, 50, like maybe like ten minutes to get. Mm-hmm. Somebody to give me some ink. And oh, wow. It was super hot that day, and I was kind of just like, uh, "I'm getting out of here." I might pop back though.
1: I mean, I'm going to be in New York for like another two weeks, basically. After this, so. I, lo- I love the chat room. They're already saying where it's at. It's on the back wall, Mike. Back wall. All <laughs> like right. our chat room knows these things. It's amazing. I might oh,
0: head back there. I might. I mean, but I mean, I have notebooks. I got no books today. now.
1: Yes, and I know, like, I would go in and maybe not buy many gel pens, but I guarantee you, I'd buy some, buy some notebooks. All right. Uh, I mentioned at the start of the show that
0: it is kind of Relay FM's and well, wait, is I don't know why I keep saying kind of like it one hundred percent is Relay FM's third anniversary this week. Yes, so, three days from the birthday. Yeah, I know. Wow, Whew, man. Three this time three years ago, I don't think I was functioning very well as a human being. <laughs> yeah. Um But what that means is that starting the beginning of this week, it's already begun. Um, our Relay FM members' bonus shows go out. So, if you are Relay FM member, uh, you will already have a a feed for our members, which includes a bunch of bonuses. If you become a Relay FM member, um, then you will get sent an RS an email with an RSS feed and a link, so you can go and subscribe in your in your favorite app of choice. Um, basically, throughout the month, you're going to get bonus episodes of all of your favorite shows, including this one. Um, our episode goes out later this week on August 17th, which we spoke about before. And it's me and Brad uh, taking a real uh, interesting, emotional, in-depth look at his favorite Joy Division songs. Um, it, it, honestly, it's one of the best things me and Brad have ever done together. So if you enjoy this show, uh, it, it's a very different feel, right? Um because mm. we tend to be pretty happy on this show and Joy Division music <laughs> by design is pretty sad. Um but <laughs> sell it, it mean, Mike. <laughs> it meant something to both of us and I think that it is I think that it's a really um it's a really emotional thing, and it's yeah. and it's very interesting to hear Brad talk about all of the, the, his feelings about the music. So you can become yeah. a Relay FM member by going to relay.fm/slash membership, and you can choose any show that you want to support, or all the shows, and you will get all of the same uh, bonuses and benefits, including something that's new this year. Uh, our amazing designer Frank has created desktop wallpapers of all of the Relay FM shows. Um, this will be in the email for new members and if you're an existing member uh, we sent out a newsletter uh, this week which has a link to that in it as well so go find out more Uh, go to relay.fm membership we'd love it if you supported the pen addict but you can support any show and you will get all of the same benefits and bonuses and i want to say for anybody that has already signed up or anybody that's going to thank you so much um obviously we are advertising supported but your support helps us continue to do things, and and it gives us a base that we know the the support is always there, no matter what advertising we have, and that is a real, real great thing um, to know that that we have that there, so we can continue making the show easily, and can continue making and doing interesting and weird stuff too. So we really we really appreciate your support.
1: Well, congratulations to you and Steven for three years. And Thank congratulations you. on the the new site redesign launch. I know you've yes. been putting a lot of hard work into that. So I just wanted yep. to make sure you got credit for that. We and have a uh, fresh
0: coat of paint over at Relay.fm, um, which mm-hmm. is which is really nice. So you can do that.
1: Yep, yep. So as great as you were talking about uh, Frank's uh, design work, which he's awesome. We all love Frank uh, Forgotten Towel on, on Twitter. And do you think he could pull off a rubik's cube mosaic like our friend david mr fig Boot can it's kind of incredible right <laughs> i don't know anyone that could pull this off i don't and know
0: I, he explained this to me and i still don't know how he did it
1: <laughs> and he goes through it all in the intro uh-huh. to the video and i'm just looking at this video and and all, all the time lapse stuff the amount of time he committed to this project is insane and that's why we love him right we love these people that go deep into like crazy stuff like this. It's so impressive. It's so cool. And congratulations, <laughs> David, for getting this out. I know it was months worth of work to do this. And uh, I, I don't know if I should spoil the ending no, we of the video. No, we definitely so, shouldn't.
0: There's a surprise at the end. Basically, yeah. Dave, uh, he, he put together this incredible video of using and solving Rubik's Cubes to create, The logos of some of your favorite pen companies,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and the knock is in there too. Yes,
1: like there's a big knock logo in there. He, you know, he's so nice. He like asked. He's like, "Hey, I'm doing this project, and it involves like 600 Rubik's cubes, and I want to make a knock logo. Is that okay?" I'm like, "Uh, (laughs) yeah, that's okay." (laughs) But I I appreciate him asking. But I'm like, "Uh, yeah, that's awesome." So it's really good. Yeah, it's it's really 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 good. So we we have a, a, a fig boot level of items to get to here this mm-hmm. week, but I know. We need to talk about some other pens first, right?
0: Yeah, we most certainly do, and they come from our friends over at Pen Chalet. They sell authentic, amazing rollerballs, fountain pens, all of the ink cartridges that you're ever going to want, mechanical pencils. They have tons of carrying cases, pen holders. They have converters. They have everything that you're looking for from all of your favorite brands, and they ha- they couple all of this with fast and reliable customer service. Pen Chalet are always doing great specials. They do great discounts. They have prices, honestly, that you. You're not going to believe on some of their stuff. And they continue to do that at a rate which is almost baffling to me. Uh, They do free shipping on orders of over $50 in the US. They sell internationally with great shipping rates and they have a 100% satisfaction guarantee for their high quality pens that they sell to you at low prices. Just go to penchale.com. that's P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com Click the podcast link at the top of the website and enter the password penaddict to get your hands on this week's special offer and to get the code that you need to save 10% on anything at penchale. This week's special offer is a great discount on a pen that me and you have spoken about in the past which is the monteverdi tool pen so uh, pen chalet Penchelet, pen chalet is discounting the monteverdi 10 tool pen and pencil 45 uh, percent off which is a really huge <laughs> discount like just a huge discount for what is ostensibly a really interesting and weird pen
1: um, mm-hmm. so you should go and check that one out it's a great pen and a great pencil I, I need to add the pencil to my collection. I, I love the pen. It's just a unique pen. Everyone enjoys it when they see it. Um, it's actually very useful with the ruler. I I know joke use the the field notes ruler in my notebook mm-hmm. and then sometimes use the the Monteverdi Montaverdi one touch um ruler. Mm-hmm. And I gotta tell you a secret. Well, you know this, and I think a lot of listeners know this, and this isn't one that's on Ron's sale, but it's available on Ron's site. The Rollerball for the Verde one-touch stylus takes fountain pen ink cartridges. So, that thing will blow your mind. It's not part of this deal, but if you're buying one of these, you should get one of those as well. So, uh, here, I'm I'm spending everyone's yep. money. And so, you quickly. can
0: get the Warpoint the or Mechanical Pencil for 45% off, or you can get the regular mm-hmm. one for 10% off by using the code that you'll get when you, when you go sign up. So... Discounts for all over at Penchalet. Go to Penchalet.com, click that podcast link at the top of the website, and enter the password PenAddict to get your hands on these amazing deals. Thank you so much to Penchalet for their continued support of this show
1: and Relay FM. So we've had two topics that we've been holding on for like a month just because our schedule's been a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. And I have one confession to make. I didn't write down the requester's name of these two topics. I apologize. But I wrote down the what the questions were. <laughs> the, so do I get half credit or is that just a straight up fail?
0: Yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> the first one... And we held these off because we wanted to spend some time on them. The first one is unpopular fountain pen opinions. I don't know that I have super crazy, strong, unpopular opinions, but I have a few things that, you know, and they, and they may not even go against the grain, but they're just kind of my personal things. You want me to read off uh, my list here real quick? Yeah, go for your list and we'll talk about them. Yeah, and we'll go one by one. So what the first one is, I don't like non-Japanese medium and broad nibs steel or gold. Doesn't matter. No Pelican, no Aurora, no European, no Western brand medium or broad nibs. I never use that size. I don't enjoy the writing experience with those. They're too broad. They're too rounded. And if I've ever purchased a pen with that style of nib, it was purposefully to get ground down into something else. And yeah, I just don't like the way my handwriting looks with that size nib. Now, I like big, wet stub nibs and huge music nibs and things like that that put down a lot of ink, but they have that more squared-off line, which mm-hmm. I like, which is why I can't really, you know, use medium and broad nibs. They just don't make my hand li- handwriting look good So, enough. if it's a European medium, it's a, no, it's a no bueno for Brad Doughty. Yep. Okay. That's what we're, you know, Lamy, Pelican, Aurora... Anything like that?
0: It doesn't surprise me though, because you are a man who likes the finer things in life, right? I do. It's right? like, <laughs> in the fine nibs. Uh, I was pretty proud of that one actually, and yeah. Um, so yeah, that doesn't. I'm not surprised by that one, uh, yeah. but I can see that it's unpopular because I like mediums and broads and and all sorts, mm-hmm. right? From from yep. all over the world. I mean, like the mediums that I use uh, for. Most of my pens these days are Japanese medium, so they're on the finer mm-hmm. side, but they're still medium, right? Yeah. I think you would agree with that, right? Like most of the mediums yeah. that I use, they're not—they're closer to fine, but they're not fine.
1: Yeah, I'd say for the most part, I'd agree with that. They're kind and of sit kinda in the like, middle, don't
0: they? Really? I, yeah, I find.
1: that's my max line width right okay. there—is like a Japanese medium until you get into a stub or a italic nib. So, hmm. the second one I put in for you, and. I guess for the listeners too, I don't like field notes for fountain pens. Okay. I I mean, I don't think that's a real stretch. I don't think that's necessarily unpopular, but you know, being ever the, the field notes shills that we are, Mike, I, I don't think they're perfect. And I use a lot of fountain pens and therefore i don't use my fountain pens in my field notes so they don't get used as much as some other things so i
0: i think that's a fair criticism they're, yeah. they're not i mean like if if you use a ballpoint or a pencil or a rollerball you're going to get yep a, a, probably a better experience than if you use a fountain pen but in yep. my daily usage like you can very easily use fountain pens and they work fine but there are better there's better paper for fountain pens yep. than what field notes put in but I think you lose a lot that I don't want to lose by going to another brand.
1: Yep. So this last one I think is probably my most unpopular opinion, and it's that I don't care for American vintage pens. I own a few of them. I own a you know a Parker Vacumatic, a Parker Fifty One, a couple of Schaefer Tuckaways. In general, I find them boring. In general, they all look the same. I'd rather go into Pelican or Koveco. going back to the, the German side over here. You know, I'd rather try some vintage Japanese sailors or platinums or pilots. They're just more interesting and unique to me than American vintage pens, be it, you know, Parker, Schaefer, Waterman, you know, uh maybe Todd, any of the old classics. I just I think going to pen shows, you just see hundreds and hundreds of the same pen lined up next to each other. It it's really difficult for a single one to stand out. I think that's why I gravitated to the Schaefer Tuckaway because it is different. It's small. But in general, I don't really have any use or need to have a bunch of American vintage fountain pens. I definitely have more, you know, Japanese and German Uh, vintage pens on my radar than american does that make sense i could not
0: agree with you more (laughs) this is (laughs) something that i don't really talk about very much either but vintage pens just don't do it for me like Mm -hmm. they just they don't i mean Mm -hmm. every now and then i'll see somebody with a schaefer or a parker and the colors are interesting and weird Mm -hmm. and the schaefer's like especially is it called the lady schaefer Yeah. Well, there's a
1: bunch. There's several different
0: names. Yeah. I mean, just that line, the Lady Schaefer line, they tend to be more interesting to me because they're more delicate, they're more intricate, right? Well, they're more colorful, they're more unique. That's what I mean, right? So like that whole thing is more interesting. But every now and then, I'm I'm at a pen show, right? Mm -hmm. And somebody is like, oh, this is what I bought today. And they hand me a pen that's all black, right? Mm -hmm. With a gold clip on it. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand it. Yeah, and it's like this is this vintage blah 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 that I bought and like I take (laughs) off and then I uncap it and I look at the nib and I'm like I can't see what you see right like but because it just it's an old pen that Mm -hmm. to me just looks so boring and I'm like I don't know why you bought this but that's but I find that interesting right because that person is really excited about that pen and that's awesome for them and that's kind of one of the great things about our hobby is that there are so many different things that you can enjoy. But like, mm. I look at the stuff and I'm like, I don't, I don't know why you bought this. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I can't get it right. And it, that's an yeah. interesting thing to me because, yeah. You but know, see, like, look at something like the M90. That that mm-hmm. it could be classed as a vintage pen, and I think it's one of the most beautiful pens I've ever owned. Mm. So there are things yeah. there, but there is just so much of the vintage pen market that I can't get my head around.
1: Yeah. So like, I have the. Parker Vacumatic Golden Web that you bought me, and I absolutely adore that It's One of my favorite pens. I don't need any more of them. You know, I have a regular striped Parker Vacumatic. Yep. You you go to a table, you see two hundred of them. I don't need one of each size and each color and each cap. I'd rather go buy my fifth vintage Vanishing Point. It's just me. It's just a you know these are these are personal opinions personal taste things and you know we were asked you know what are our unpopular opinions um you know in this market and uh, you know so that's just kind of something i've noticed and i think it's a little bit of burnout of seeing them all the time yeah like you see hundreds of the same pen all the time so it makes you not pick one up and grab it and kind of figure out what's going on what makes this pen special even though they're certainly special and people love them how do i find that out for me and you know, why do I need 10 of them? Because that's kind of where I'm at, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so what do you have on your list? So the, I, I love your first one. It's it's very much in line with my first one.
0: In general, I do not like fine, extra fine, or architect grinds. Um, I find architect grinds to be unusable for mm-hmm. my writing style because mm-hmm. I am a lefty overhooker. Um <laughs> So just I just don't work like very frequently. Someone will go check out this amazing architect grind, and I put the pen to the paper, and I can't make any ink come out. It's just Mm -hmm. my. It's just the way that I write means that those those types of grinds just don't work for me, and just in general, I don't like fine or extra fine. Like I find, Mm. (laughs) I don't really like to kind of to straddle the line between writing on the page and cutting through it. Right, and I feel like so many, <laughs> especially extra finds. Like I don't, even, I can't understand why people want to use them. Like I like to see the ink on the page, right? Like I like to see a big effect when I use a fountain pen. I, I like the feeling of something grand and bold, and that's mm-hmm. why mediums and broads and stub nibs and music nibs all work for me because that's what I want. You know, I, I want, I want there to be a big effect left on the page when I'm done with it. And for, just for me, fines and extra fines don't give that. And I also most of the time find them uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. You know, it's definitely a writing style thing and a visual thing for me I get the satisfaction of seeing a lot of ink in a stub nib, but I like how my handwriting looks in an extra fine nib. And it's because we have different styles, right? That's why there's so many options out there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's more than one fountain pen in the world. There's something for all of us, Mike. But uh, I, I, I can understand that, where you're coming from. So remind me, Brad, your mm-hmm. Aurora
0: Optima, which is one of your very favorite pens, mm-hmm. which went back to the Shoptima if I remember correctly. (laughs) Yes. Uh, What nib is in that? Well, extra fine, of course. I hate that pen. (laughs) So I tried Brad's Aurora Optima for the first time in DC, which, by the way, every time I've been talking about DC over the last Mm -hmm. week, I keep calling Mm -hmm. it Atlanta. Atlanta. (laughs) <laughs> just like it just in my mind it's atlanta because that's, yeah, where that's the what you do is right that's right? where the Pincho show is that's what i do yep which i just that, that i found that to be really funny i just keep calling it atlanta and Steven's like what do you what no you're in dc like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um i used brad's aurora and i i really hated it like honestly mm-hmm. brad i couldn't even get ink to come out
1: yeah like he legitimately like ooh, like there was Bad faces and all kinds of stuff. Did not. Like,
0: it was a real kind of visceral reaction for me. Mm -hmm. It was not a pen I enjoyed.
1: Yeah, I get it. Their nibs are very firm, very fine, and very dry. And if I'm looking for qualities I like in a fountain pen, they're going to be very firm, (laughs) very dry, and very fine. So it makes sense that you do not like that pen. And my Nebulosa also has an extra fine nib in it and you didn't like that either because they they wrote very pretty much identically right i mean for all intents and purposes they were the same pen doesn't didn't matter
0: yep yeah d- d- just not not a fan of those
1: yep understand fair I, you're it's your opinion it doesn't mean it's right but it's your opinion mm-hmm. <laughs> and there <laughs> are no, popular I, ones is what we're i i i agree with you i mean i agree where you're coming from Uh, The the next
0: one, uh, I think basically everybody knows. I'm actually going to bundle this in. I'm going to make this a twofer. Um, Mm -hmm. I find vanishing point nibs to be uncomfortable. So pens, the vanishing point pens to be uncomfortable because of the clip. And then Uh I'm just going to roll into that, that I really don't like the Visconti clips. So I know that those are two things. Like The clips on those pens, um, a lot of people like them. I really don't like them for different reasons, but they don't work for me.
1: Yeah, so they... Vanishing point clip is a usability thing, yep. you know, it works for someone or it doesn't, so therefore they like it or they dislike it. The Visconti is a visual thing, and there is a huge love hate relationship with that clip. I don't think there's yep. a lot of middle ground, although I kind of think I fall in the middle ground. Like, it doesn't bother me, it's not my favorite thing in the world. It doesn't bother me. Some people absolutely hate that clip, and I get it, it's big and gaudy.
0: And uh, I also just wanted to mention the omas pattern (laughs) branding so what they put around the bands on the pens what is the official name for that is there a real name for that like they they put these like metal bands that go around the caps and stuff
1: yeah so they're cap bands i don't know what the etching or the pattern in it is called but i think it looks great that's not something you like
0: i really Mm. don't like it because it's so abstract in a way that is not appealing to me Mm. like to keep you up at night not really mm-hmm. um i i find it Concerning, really, that you're making fun of me here. It's uh, <laughs> what I, I do best. I was trying to help you through yours, so I hope that everybody's taking note <laughs> of the fact that when Brad was giving his opinions, I was trying to make it better. But for some reason, he's yes. deciding to make mine worse. Uh, I don't like the omas branding; it, it doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. Like this so, kind of Roman style.
1: Um, yes. Yeah, so the chat room says it's called the Greek Key. I have heard of that. In there the past. you go. So the it's Greek that kind key. of squared, like snake pattern of angles i don't know how to talk about it we'll we'll put a we'll find a picture in the show notes it's easy it's very common i love i think it looks fantastic but yeah i understand i mean hey that's that's a pretty unpopular one that's one i haven't heard before yeah because a lot of people
0: like OMAS like a lot mm-hmm. i feel like this is yeah. probably gonna be um Similar to when I told people that I leave my pen's inked for a long period of time,
1: I feel like it's gonna be, <laughs> it's
0: gonna be akin to that
1: one. Speaking of which, have you seen uh, our good friend Well-appointed Desk's Instagram feed recently?
0: Maybe I I don't know anymore because mm, oh, Instagram you, does you would that know. thing.
1: Uh, that's true. You would know if you saw what I'm talking about. So don't go look. So yeah, oh, we'll okay. save that till after the show. But you will you will never fly with a fountain pen again. Oh, I have aid.
0: seen that. Yes. Cause she tagged <laughs> me in it. Yeah. So, um, Anna on her way home, uh, she, she, she kind of wanted me to know, but didn't want me to know. It looks like <laughs> right. effectively every single one of her pens exploded on the plane. Yeah. Like 30. Um, that's not good. So I will say for this one, I, Anna, I feel terrible. I'm sorry this happened to you. Um, I feel like maybe this was more likely because this seemed like vintage pens. Maybe it's more maybe. likely. I don't know. Um, but uh, this this hasn't changed anything to me because I'm still not doing it. Right, <laughs> Like I'm flying with like one or two inked at a time now in a Ziploc bag inside of a Sinclair.
1: Yes, yeah, I, I think I had eight back and forth to DC this year just in a brass town, no extra baggie and no issues. So I don't know what to tell you. I do know how to feed you, though, Mike. Oh, yeah. And that's with our good friends at Blue Apron.
0: Look at you. You're you're just really setting them up for me today.
1: Hey, I may not be on time, but I can segue with the best.
0: Today's show is brought to you by the number one recipe delivery service, the freshest ingredients that is Blue Apron. They're on a mission to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone whilst also supporting a more sustainable food system. They set the highest standards for their ingredients whilst building a community of home chefs. Let me tell you how they do those two things. So with their ingredients, they make sure that they go out to uh, sustainable partners. They work with companies that have great Kind of rules and regulations in place to make sure that the standards of the ingredients that they're shipping to you are of the highest quality. All of those ingredients come with a freshness guarantee. Every ingredient will arrive ready to cook or they'll make it right. They also ship you just the exact amount of ingredient that you need for each recipe. They reduce food waste and it also makes it easier for you to cook because you know you've got this thing, this thing goes in this recipe. It's easier that way to be able to follow the recipes. Those recipes is how they are building their home chef community because they make it so simple. All of the recipes come with a step-by-step card that you can follow. So you can really easily go through and cook what you want to cook in 40 minutes or less. For less than $10 a meal, Blue Apron will deliver these seasonal recipes to you. Right now, you'll be able to cook things like sautéed shrimp and green beans with globe tomatoes, spinach, and also pasta, basil pesto chicken with summer vegetable Panzanella, or even whole grain pasta and summer vegetables with heirloom tomato caprese salad. I will tell you that whilst I have been travelling, I have not been cooking my meals at home, and it has made a real effect to me because I love to be able to cook now. Um, and this is the type of thing. This is the type of feeling that you're going to get when you are sent these blue apron meals because you'll be cooking them yourself at home, and that is a real great thing. Home cooking, once you really get into it is a fantastic thing to be able to do because you are putting together your own food. You're enjoying it. It's a, it's really fantastic. And this is what you can get with Blue Apron. There's no weekly commitment. You get deliveries when you want them. You can check out this week's menu and get three meals for free for first purchase, including free shipping, just by going to blueapron.com. Pen Addict. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So get started today by going to blueapron.com slash penaddict. We'd like to thank Blue Apron for their support of this show. Blue Apron, a better way to cook.
1: So our second holdover topic, the question was how important is made in the USA to you? You know, like when you see brands, products, anything made in the USA, how important is that to you and what does it mean to you? And I apologize again, I forgot to write down the names of of the, the listeners who asked these questions, but thank you for sending them in. So the made in the USA thing to me is kind of a bonus feature, right? It's more about the people behind the products. It's more about, is it a good design than necessarily where it's specifically manufactured? I've said all along that good products are made all over the world it's, you know, but the Made in the USA thing, okay, it's a nice thing in the plus column, but I don't have to have that when I'm making a purchase. You know, it's not a mandatory thing. I'm more concerned about the people behind the company and the designs they make than where the product's made. Now, knock presents itself as a Made in the USA brand, and that's something we set up purposefully because we wanted to try and do this. You know, it would be a lot easier and cheaper for us to go overseas to make our cases and to make our paper products. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. But we set it up in the beginning to try to do it here. So far, we've been able to succeed doing that. It's not without roadblocks and hassles and extra money, but we're able to do it. I'm very proud of that fact, you know, to keep, you know, our manufacturing local. For And that's not going to change. You know, that's something we very much believe in. Jeff told me years ago that if we ever outsourced this brand overseas, he would quit. And that doesn't mean that Jeff's not for things not made in the USA. It means that for knock, it's not the right solution for us. You know, we're fans of products made all over the world. We're consumers of all these things. But for knock, that's what we tried to do. It's specific to our brand. So, But on a consumer perspective, it doesn't really affect me uh, It or it affects me very minimally. I enjoy seeing it, but it's not going to necessarily drive my buying decision. So I, it's kind of a two-sided answer for me because I have it as a consumer and I also have it as a business person. So what do you think about this? I know we've talked about this in the past and, and we definitely kind of, we're on the same page, I think. So for me,
0: made in the USA, so bear with me here. Right, bear mm-hmm. with me here. Made in the USA, I kind of translate in my mind to say made by people who really care about the end result. So mm-hmm. when I hear that, it is an indication to me that love and care went into it, like went into it, and, and that the producer of the product is willing to spend more money to get mm. a better result or is willing to make less profit to get a better result. Now, this is not the only indicator of this because I buy things that don't have that on there, but are made by people that do care about their end result. I make, I buy products from companies that are based in the USA who make their stuff overseas, but I know I'm getting a good end result. And there are many different things that can lead to that. It can be reputation. It can be just like a a way that somebody tells a story. Like I believe that the design is important, but made in the USA is one of these indicators. It's like for small manufacturers. For me, like if they say that they're made in the USA, it's a good sign, but it's not the only yeah. sign, right? But I also don't have any patriotism, so I don't care that it's made in the USA. Like right. if a German company says made in Germany, it's the exact same thing for me, right? right? If a UK company says made in the UK, it's the same thing, right? Like I understand what that means, and what that means is like we're trying to make the best thing we can. But as I say, right, it's not the only thing that I look for, and it's not the only thing that I think uh, telegraphs this. But it is a it is for me a good sign.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. So it's a it's a it's kind of a hard topic to discuss. It's it's one of those like you know it when you see it kind of things. You know whether a company is using that in a good fashion or if they're just trying to do do or be something they're not. And there's no one in in this community that does that. They're all really great, you know, American makers that, you know, stand behind the made in the USA, uh, manufacturing. So it, it's, it's nice to see that, but is it necessarily going to determine, is it like the primary factor in me making a purchase? It's never going to be. So I just want, I just want a good product. Yeah, definitely. Yep. So I added something before we get into our STPA, that I wanted to discuss because I'm in a weird place with what I have currently inked Mike. Okay. And every now and then we do this, you know, people want to know what are we using? Um, what's what's our favorite products right now? And since I came home from the DC pen show, I have cleaned every fountain pen I own except for two. I have two fountain pens inked up right now. I actually have no desire to ink up any fountain pens. And I'm kind of happy. <laughs> with where I'm at right now. I don't know how, like like the desk pictures I put on Instagram, you know, having a clean desk, I don't know how long that's going to last. I don't know how long having two pens inked up is going to last. But, I'm kind of feeling healthy about the whole situation right okay. now. I don't feel like I'm in some obscene inked up place where I have 15 pins going and none getting used. I have two that I'm using a lot and one of them is the Pelican M205 with a steel extra fine nib and I have it inked up with Pelican blue black ink and I wanted to test this pen out as just like a workhorse daily carry pen, and right now it's doing great. Um, I mentioned that the Aurora Duo cart back in that review a month or two ago, it it clicked with me like that pen seems like it would be a good everyday carry pen, but there's a couple of issues with it, and that the Pelican M205 solved those issues. So why don't I use that as an everyday carry fountain pen? And I think it's great. I I thoroughly enjoy using this pen. I'm using it for show notes today, and uh, I I like it. And I think I'm just gonna keep it inked up all the time. It's just a good all-around workhorse pen that I can throw in a pocket and leave the house and do anything.
0: And this is the Duo card, right?
1: No, no, no. This is the Pelican M205. Ah, uh, yeah. Sorry. Dad, reviewing the, sorry, I got lost there. Yeah, The, the Duo yeah. card mm-hmm. made me think, yes. made me want something more, and then I realized, wait a minute, I have that something more in a cheaper pen like yeah, this. Yeah, because we so. were
0: going to follow up on this, right, when we spoke yeah. about the, the m two, we spoke about these so, you feel that like this is giving you what you really are looking for?
1: So far, yeah. And I've beat okay. it around pretty good. Like, I've taken it to my son's baseball games and written some notes and like banged down my, my <laughs> I keep my leather fodder stack with this and some note cards in it. And, you know, if there's some, like, if the umpire makes a bad call and I'll like slam the thing down on my leg or on my chair, and then i'll it'll hit me. It's like, oh, I had my fountain pen in there, man. The ink's going to be everywhere, but not a drop. Like, this pen is awesome. So, and it's a it's in a weird place in the market. It's a weird price for what you get. But in the end, what you really get is a pen that can do anything, anywhere, anytime. Super durable pen. Love it. The only other pen I have, fountain pen I have inked, is my Pen Addict model, Franklin Christoph, which I love. I love that pen shape and color, obviously. And this one, especially because I put that Sig Flex nib in it which I enjoy writing with. It's absolutely not a flex. Don't at me. It's not a flex. But it's a wonderful nib to write with. It's very bouncy and springy and enjoyable writing experience. And I have that inked up with, of course, a very bright orange ink. And that's the Sailor Ken Mokuse, which is, you know, close to apricot and things like that. So I put away all my other fountain pens that I cleaned up, put them in there, you know, Uh, cigar box trays on my desk. They're nice displays. They're all full. I was like, ooh, look how pretty all these are. And I don't want to ink up a single one just because I'm happy with what I have right now and don't need more pens inked up. Now, I'm going to San Francisco pretty soon. It's probably going to change. And, you know, I have pens to review, so it's definitely going to change. But for my stuff, the things that I use, I've got two fountain pens inked up and I'm pretty happy with that. So I don't know where it, I'm in a weird uh headspace right now. Mike, is it normal? Am I okay?
0: I think you're okay.
1: Um, <laughs> you may be like in pen show fatigue mode. So I, kind, I honestly think that's it because I've been carrying like loads of pens inked up from show to show to show, you know, at least like once a month. So I don't, trade them out very often. But those aren't the only pens I'm using, right? You know, I carry my pen type B with me all the time, mm-hmm. which is the has the high tech C refill, and then I'm carrying my shown design Lisa Frank pen like I use those all the time. Yeah. But um fountain pen wise, I have two pens inked up and I'm I'm pretty good with that. It's a weird place to be.
0: So I'm uh I'm also in a different place just because I'm in a different place. Uh, I have less <laughs> right. inked up than usual. Like, I'm carrying around with me pens that are empty, which is not a thing that I do, right? But I don't... Like, for example, my Canalea Maui Makai, that won't mm-hmm. be inked until I get home again because I don't have the ink that I want to put in that,
1: right? like And... In, that's a pen that requires the ink you want in it. You don't just no, accept you, no whatever way. you have on hand. Yeah, it has
0: to have Robo Oostafire and ice. Like that's
1: what that pen <laughs> has to have in it. Because I have
0: to put a blue ink in the in the pen that's got all the blue accents. Like there's no way I'm gonna do it. Cause plus as well, like I don't I don't need that pen, right? Like it's got a 1.1 stub on it. Like it, this is not a pen that I use every day for regular notes. But plus what I'm using right now, like one of the pens that I have inked that is that kind of is taking its place for the moment is the uh, Haleakala Silhouette, which has Rubber Oster Yellow Sunset in it, which is a perfect pairing. And I have like a, I think I have a broad on this. Yeah, I have a broad rose gold nib. So like that's doing the job Right, like it's doing the like my little highlights and stuff like that that I take with it, or my fun notes or my scribbles and stuff. I'm using that pen for that, and it's doing a great job. Um, and then for my daily what I'm taking my notes with today, my daily user right here is my uh, my second Pilot M90 <laughs> that I acquired from Brad Dowdy. Which uh, Brad, Mr. Brad Downey? Yeah, that that mm-hmm. that guy, Mr. Brad Downey. Um, and I I found some, as I mentioned earlier, some blue pilot and the Mickey cartridges. Let me tell you this. You know, maybe it's because I haven't used it in a while, but this one feels even nicer to use. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> uh, God, I love this pen so much. It might have just been because I've taken a few days away from it using other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have with me uh, my Sailor Pro Gear with Roshizuku Fuyugaki. That came over inked. Um, it will go home inked. Probably, You know, it's that's just, i got to have that pen. And also my shown design, uh, what I'm referring to as my Dexter pen, which is like the silver pen with the red, Blacks all over it, <laughs> uh, which has a red Fisher Space Pen refill in it. Mm. Um, so that's, they, really that's cool. what I have inked up right now, and that's I feel like that's a pretty good, pretty good collection for me.
1: Yeah, you've you've got it covered right there. I like yep. it. So yeah, I I don't know, like that. I want to have more things inked up right now, unless there is a very very good use case. Like my, my two fountain pens work together, my other pens work together. Mm-hmm. I, I'm mostly using the the traveler's notebook setup in, you know, my seed case. That is coming soon. Um to a store near you at knockco.com. <laughs> knock.co. Knock.co yeah, is a better URL, man. Knock.co. It is. Uh, do you remember the story about how that came about? You want a quick sidebar?
0: I don't remember, but go for it.
1: It's very short. So we had we launched the site, knockco.com. And we had a customer that said, hey, I saw knock.co was available and I bought it for you. Tell me your information and we'll get this transferred over. I was like, wow. why didn't I? Number one, why didn't I think of that first? And number two, you're an amazing person. Yeah,
0: because so, that's like a, oh, I just bought this and it's going to cost you,
1: <laughs> yep. you know? Yep. Wow, that's so that fantastic. Was, yes. Yeah. So I didn't know if you remembered that. That was years and years ago, but it's wonderful. Love it. So thank you. Uh I, I, I know who you are. I won't uh I actually hadn't heard from him in yeah. a while, but uh I'll reach out. So anyway, on to some Ask TPA. You ready to uh get into this a little bit? We have I am, a I am ready to answer this A C P A slew. And all I, I love all of our questions equally, but I especially <laughs> love the first one that I put in the list today. So just you know, I, I love all of you equally. But this question gets to me because Logan is starting a through hike of the Appalachian Trail. And for those of you who aren't familiar, this is a life-changing deal. This is, I think, 2,000-plus miles hike from Georgia to Maine, or reverse. You can do it the, the other direction. People do it both ways. And it's takes a lot of people months you know it's like six months to do this it's a personal journey it's a very important mm-hmm. uh thing that people do and logan says hey i'm doing this and i got wow. the notebook i want to take but i want to take a fountain pen can I'm i like, give
0: a can i give a, a little sidebar on this yeah so a friend of mine did this uh, uh-huh. david smith right okay he, yeah, yeah. He underscore we met him this, yeah and I recommended for him the expedition edition field notes. Sure. And I believe a Fisher Space Pen was what I told him to go with. Mm-hmm. And on his walk, on his 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 hike, it rained a lot, mm-hmm. a lot. So it ended up that this was the perfect thing for him because mm-hmm. he was able to write with this stuff and it not get destroyed. So, just yep. wanted to mention that as like a as a thing to cause to consider that there is a possibility, right, that you're going to go on this and it's just going to be a nightmare weather-wise. Yeah. So maybe having something that's all weather is a good thing. So yep. I just wanted to mention those two things.
1: I couldn't agree more. And that was the like fr- I started reading this and I was like, well, it's got to be a Fisher Space Pen of some sort, you know, like in the County Com barrel, and then one of the you know waterproof notebooks. But that's not what he wants. So he actually has in here says it needs to last for five months and two thousand one hundred eighty nine miles. So he's doing the whole thing, man. I really, wants... I
0: really don't know if a fountain pens the right thing for this.
1: Oh, I know, I know, and maybe it's the backup, but he he's he's committed to this. Okay, and and I didn't have an answer. It took me like an hour of thinking to this to figure out what I think he should do. And honestly, because you know your pack weight is very very important. Anything you carry in addition to your bare necessities is, you know, can hurt you in the long run. I think the Kaweco sport with kaveco cartridges is the yeah. fountain pen you want to take. Yeah. Yes. Because that's a really good it's, one. It's, it can take a beating and it's going to keep on working and it's air light. The cartridges are small. Um, I don't know how many cartridges you would need. It would be kind of a lot. I would imagine. Um take as many as you can comfortably fit. And
0: luckily Kawaico Sport cartridges are tiny and they come in tiny boxes. So you could take a
1: big handful of those and you'd probably be good to go. Yep. So I think that's my recommendation. I'm I'm open to listener recommendations. I'd love to hear from other through hikers of the AT. You know, I I imagine most of you are taking, you know, right in the rains and fissures and and things like that or pencils, um, because that would be a great choice as well. But if you have used something out of the ordinary, like a fountain pen on the trail, I would love to hear. So I, I just I checked good.
0: and underscore took um, David, under, underscore David Smith, took a Retro 51. I think I recommended a Fisher Space pen as well, but he had a mm-hmm. Retro 51 uh, because he loves that pen. And mm-hmm. the Expedition Edition. And he sent me pictures of like his notebook covered in rain and he was fine yeah so, it's, I so i don't know like I, I, take what you want to take right but if you want to take notes also have
1: backups that are all weather for something like yeah. this so tony in the chat room had a good recommendation a platinum preppy with the platinum carbon ink cartridges because those are, cartridges are waterproof and the pins just as light as the sport sports so i think that's a great choice as well yeah so i think anyway so. logan it's a good one we want to hear from you send yeah. me a note from the trail um, when you go off trail for your town days, I uh, I want to hear from you. Shoot us a shoot us a postcard. Uh, we'd yeah, I really want to know to how
0: this you. goes, especially with the fountain pen and whatever you end up choosing. But um, yep. I I really I want to endorse Brad's pick because the Caveco is tiny, it's pocketable, and it's light. Like it's you know I I really think that mm-hmm. it is a good a really good option for something like mm-hmm. this.
1: Mm-hmm. So we're gonna get back into more pen related and stationary ask TPAs, but I had a public question on Twitter where I asked the crowd for some answers, and I thought this was could be a good place to ask to to share those answers. So, uh, the WF Cupcake Girl Sandra wants to know what podcast did your kids decide to add to the drive to and from school? So I reached out on Twitter because I have I have my list of podcasts that I listen to. You know, it's all the stuff that they don't want to listen to, like baseball and Game of Thrones and stuff like that. So I was trying to and then I I had like 99% invisible on and they were talking about the invention of stethoscopes and both of my kids were fascinated. They would not shut up uh, like asking me questions and it was amazing. Like it was the good it was the good stuff. It's the stuff you want your kids to just kind of latch onto. So that got me thinking. I went to Twitter and said, "Hey, what other podcasts can I try for the kids?" And the list that I picked is Let Off Mike. I'm sorry to say with ungeniused. <laughs> Don't be sorry to say that. <laughs> so Steven actually said ungeniused. he replied. And I was like, "Yeah, that's probably good." And then I put on the Bat Bomb episode. Yeah. And that's they they just want to know what's going on. Like they just want some more ungenius. So there you go. Great. Props to you and your co-host. Um they, they are all about some ungenius. Plus it it helped that, you know, they They were familiar with your voice, so they kind of knew, like, oh, that's my friend Mike, you know, talking on there. But uh, they love the content mostly, so that was hilarious. The other ones I've picked so far, we haven't listened to all of them yet, but we did Side Door, The Illusionist, Containers, which they don't like, but I'm thoroughly enjoying that one. That's a small uh eight part like docu series kind of thing about the shipping industry i'm in love i'm loving that Invi- invisibilia song exploder which is a traditional favorite of mine and ninety nine percent invisible. So those, that's the list. That's what we're going with so far. But right now they're big fans of Ungenius and all the stationary shows, which I want to mention, you know, Erasable and RSVP. They love listening to those. They love the Panatic podcast, of course. And there's a new podcast on the scene called The Nib Section. And it's really, really good. So they just dropped their second episode. It's a group out of Australia, I believe. And I apologize. I don't have their names in front of me. I'm not looking at it. But they do a great job, and uh, I haven't listened to the second episode yet. But I thoroughly enjoyed the first one. So there you go. So yeah, um, I'm going to make that,
0: sure that all of those are in the show notes. I'm furiously
1: yes. adding them to the notes as we speak. <laughs> I see. I see you typing. Thank you for doing that. I I should have put uh, them all in there. But that's not it, Mike. We have more to get to today. We have uh, we have a lot of content today. Let's let's knock out some Ask TPA once we hear from our good friends at Harry's. Harry's, they are all about giving you a great shave at a fair
0: price. And that's exactly why over 3 million people switched to Harry's. We were in a Walmart the other day, Brad, um, and it was fun to see the little Harry's stand that they have there. Harry's are all about making this stuff easier for people, but you should be buying them online because it's so easy, right? It's just so simple to buy this stuff online. Plus you can get our great discounts. You can get our great trials, which we'll talk about in a minute. But Harry's founders, Jeff and Andy, decided to create their company because they were fed up with overpriced razors they bought a german factory of 100 years of blade making experience to make their fantastic five blade razor they want to sell it directly to you over the internet and by owning that factory they can ensure the highest quality for their blades which is why they are happy to give a 100 quality guarantee on their product harris is so confident you're going to love their blades they want to give you their trial set for free you just need to cover shipping this, ch- this set includes a weighted ergonomic razor handle, five precision engineered blades of a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, their rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. This is a $13 value for you to try out for free. Now, Brad, I know that you have endless great things to say about your Harry's products.
1: You know, it's not the products, it's the results, Mike. And the results is my skin looks fantastic. I look good. I smell good. And for me that's a challenge looking good and smelling good. You you've met me. And Harry's Harry's makes me look good and smell good all the time because their products are fantastic. That's that's all I use, you know. I mean, and it's all I use for years because it's that good. I don't need anything because there's nothing better than Harry's.
0: Stop messing around. Go get yeah. started today and get Hype. a better shave with Harry's by claiming your free trial offer. Just go to harrys.com/penaddict right now. And get started that's harrys.com slash pen addict all you need to do is cover the shipping cost thank you so much to harrys for their support of this show and relay fm
1: mike do you have any more information on the lamy aeon or is it ion i'm gonna go with aeon this uh, is assistive tech on twitter well, wants to know i mean i
0: had no information uh and then <laughs> i went and found out what it was all about and mm-hmm. uh it looks like an interesting little pen
1: so that's the original information. We still don't have additional information. The original information is that this pen is coming from Lamy. I think in the fall, it's a brand new going line. Be, right? It's a new line. Looks like it's probably going to be mid-priced, like above the, you know, like in the studio steel nib range. I'm I'm just guessing. I don't have I don't have MSRP's on these, and they don't list them. They look cool. It's like a, it's like the little brother to the Lamy 2000 kind of thing going on here, especially with the black one. So interesting, but Lamy, you know, there's, there's a limit to interesting that they can do with their aesthetic. doesn't mean it's not good. It doesn't mean I don't like it, but it's another Lamy. I, it's not blowing my mind, but it doesn't look bad either. So I, but I don't have any more information coming soon. Maybe because who knows what Lamy is doing these days. All right, capital Y1. How do Pelican M400 and 600 compare size wise to the Sailor offer- offerings? You know, I should have measured these up before I walked in here. The 400 is the same size as the 200 series, and both of those, I believe, are smaller and lighter than the Pro Gear Slims from Sailor. The 600 is probably a little bit bigger than the Pro Gear Slims, but smaller than the Pro Gear Standard. So they're both kind of intermediary to their. Size ranges. I think the they do kind of feel the same. They're both not air light, but they are light pens. I think the M600 series from Pelican and the Pro Gear Standard series are my two favorites because they're a really good size. They're that good medium size, medium weight fountain pen, and both of them have fantastic nibs. So that's generally what I use. So I, but I actually use the Pelican four hundred and two hundred series more than I use the Sailor Slims. It seems like, but they're all good, but they're they're just a little bit smaller, I think, than their comparable Sailor pens. So badly written wants to know. I've narrowed my next pen purchase down to the Aurora Duo Cart or Pilot E ninety five. Any thoughts? I had to think about this one. But only for a second. I think it's definitely the Pilot E95. Just based on design. Well, I think it's the nib. It's 100% the nib. The nib on the Pilot E95 is gold and it's amazing. Um, you know, gold versus steel shouldn't be the primary difference necessarily why you purchase a pen. I just think in this case, the Pilot Gold nib is superior than the Aurora Duocart steel nib. I like the barrel better. I like the shape better. It's more pocketable. I think it's the E ninety five. Not quite in a landslide, but in a pretty good, pretty good victory here. So Nick Pittick wants to know: Do you wash your pen as soon as they are empty, or do you wait to have a bunch and make a washing party? <laughs> do you want to? Do you, I love that washing party. Yeah, I, I tend that. to
0: clean out in batches. Like not everything, mm-hmm. but like if I'm going to clean one pen, I want to mm-hmm. clean more than one because it's like this. It's it's a whole thing, right? Like you have to go, go through a whole thing. So I like to clean out multiple.
1: So, I like to clean out multiple as well, but if I empty a pen, I am not going to leave it sitting around dry. I will wash it immediately. I will it. I don't like dry or n- n- little to no ink sitting in a pen until I get to it. So, if I have a little bit of ink left in a pen and I'm ready to clean it out, which a lot of the pens I just cleaned out last weekend still had some ink left in them, so I just dump that ink, clean them out, and be done with it. If I empty a pen from writing with it, it will get cleaned that day or the next day because I don't want dried up ink sitting in a pen all right now we have some we have some people's in this in this chat room that are coming up in this list here so hot couple loving says i've read that you can put lubricated ink into a piston filler that has become hard to work does that work as well as silicone grease how exactly does a lubricated ink work this is an awesome question and i've never heard of anyone recommending that it makes logical sense I don't know that the lubrication is enough to make any difference other than maybe a minimal difference in a piston filler. The only time I've had a piston mechanism dry out, I've used silicone grease and it goes back to normal perfectly. And... That's kind of all I know. I I will I'll see if anyone has any more information on this. I don't know that it's gonna help that much because the silicon grease is just such a different compound and it's gonna work and last longer that it may just be like, you know, putting a band-aid on the on on the problem if you're trying to get it solved by just using a lubricated ink because they're not that lubricated. It's just relative to other inks that might be drier it's not going to really adjust the stickiness of your piston filler i don't think sound good mike you approve
0: makes sense to me uh, <laughs> I'm just busted on you i don't have anything else to say
1: <laughs> so the poor penman wants to know what will it take to get i mike to the la pen show and do you think knock will have your own table next year so i'm going to answer this for you mike all right it's going to take it it's going to take a date change <laughs> <laughs> to get I Mike to the LA when picture. is LA February?
0: Mm-hmm. Well,
1: I mean it's not happening.
0: Well, I don't expect it's going to happen next year. February's not a bad
1: time for me. No, but it's a bad time for us doing a Kickstarter.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like it would have
1: to be like so. Okay, so here's the as thing. part of as part of the Pin Addict uh, Kickstarter, it'd be really hard for us to do LA. Yeah,
0: because we would. I mean, if we did a three day again. If there is no we don't know what we're gonna do yet for next year. We really don't know. We have not we decided because we're not even done with this year. We've not even started thinking about it. Um, we I am I'm very confident we will do multiple dates and one of them will be Atlanta because it worked so well this time. If we yep. ended up doing more, like then two, maybe we could do it and wrap it all the way around again, but it is a pretty long way away and I don't know. I feel like I would maybe be more inclined to do San Francisco first because I've heard so many great things about that show. But we have not—we've not even decided what we're gonna do next year.
1: Yeah, and like I said, it's—it's it's timing. That's the biggest challenge for LA. Like, it's fine for me. Like, yes, I might bring Knock there next year. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, I might go work for Van S there. Like that timing for me personally is fine. But for us to do pin D type stuff. For that, it will be a challenge. So, so it's uh,
0: some people in the chat room are saying about what about the Chicago Penn Show? I can pretty much guarantee that will not be
1: happening because it's two weeks after Atlanta. Um, yeah, you'd have to stay here, yeah, and uh, and, it, and extend uh, your trip that, like you're doing like you're doing right now, but you have so much other work related stuff. You're yeah, handling.
0: I, I extended this trip out for a month because there were like three different things to do. Like mm-hmm. all I would be doing in the middle of the. Uh, the two pen shows for like the two weeks is just waiting for the next one uh which which doesn't that's 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 not enough to stay away for three or four weeks mm-hmm. um but we are doing something in Chicago, and uh we did say we'd talk about this and this is at recsto's question uh what is the event at field notes in October, and can any pen addict attend so what we are doing is a live episode recording, so in, me and Brad and a couple of the crew Field Notes, on Friday, October 13th. So we're recording that. There is... Uh, we have discussed the potential for a meetup to occur after the show, after we finish recording. All of this stuff is still to be determined very soon. Um, there may be the potential for a very small audience for the show, but we need to work that out, but there is going to be an, a small event afterwards that people will definitely be able to attend if you're in town, so um, yeah, all of the details are still to come on this one, Um, in that we have not yet worked it all out, so that's, that's yep. all coming, but it will be occurring whatever it is will be occurring on October 13th.
1: Yeah, and so just to kind of say what Mike said, we're Way the way it's shaping up to be is a limited audience for the live recording, and then open to everyone meetup afterwards. That's kind of how this is shaping out, but we don't have it finalized yet. So, anyone who wants to come should be able to come to the meetup, and and then we'll just kind of go from there. So, we'll have the details soon because it's getting close. We need to finalize it, mm-hmm. and um, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. We've talked about some really cool things that we can do for this. So I hope it all comes through. So that's the plan. All right, last one. And before we get to it, I'd like to say congratulations to Michael Hagen of Leadfast, who submitted this question. He just uh, had his one year anniversary on his blog. So you should go to leadfast.org, subscribe to his blog, read everything he does. Met him in Chicago this year. Great guy. And uh, does a great job on Leadfast. And he just put some new pretty sweet stickers up for sale. So his question is, when it comes to notebooks, what are the top three traits you look for? Let's say A5-ish size. So I think that's the best size for notebooks and the most variety in notebooks. Number one, I want paper quality. It has to be good primarily for fountain pens and then good enough for other things. So... There are cases where a paper is perfect for fountain pens, say like a Rhodia or a Tomoe, but they're not wonderful for things like pencil or gel or rollerball. I want it to be really good for fountain pens and mostly good for everything else. So, you know, I tend to find things like the Japanese brands do that the best. Morimans, Midoris, things like that. Secondly, I'll look for construction. So I don't have a preferred construction style. It can be side-bound, staple-bound, spiral-bound, perfect-bound, but it has to be done well. Whatever that construction is has to be strong and solid. And then the third thing I look for is the pattern on the page, preferably some type of grid or dot grid. You know, that's kind of... The first thing you think about looking at, but I really need those other things to be the primary focus before I get to that. Now, if it only comes in blank and lined, that's probably going to prevent me from buying it. So maybe the pattern should be number one, but if it has a pattern like a grid or a dot and it's bad paper and bad construction, I'm not going to buy that either. So I need paper quality first, and it has to fit this middle ground that I like. Uh, Right now, the Apica Premium CD notebook in A5 is still probably the best notebook I've ever used. It handles everything you can throw at it perfectly. Next, I want it to be built well, and this notebook is. And then third, I care what pattern's on the page. So there you go. Do you have any preferences? What would you say is your most important thing?
0: I think the pattern on the page is really important to me because, mm-hmm. like, irrespective of what the paper's like, if it's lined, I'm not going to want to use it. If it's planed, I'm going to struggle with it, right? Like, mm-hmm. I like a grid. I love a dot grid. I love a reticle grid most of all. Mm-hmm. Then, um, so my next two things are paper quality and design. And I really, Mm -hmm. honestly, I struggled to decide where I put those two because not achieving a minimum acceptable level in either of those will turn me off irrespective of each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Right? Like if it looks terrible, but the paper's good, I don't want it. Mm -hmm. If it looks amazing and the paper's terrible, I just don't want it. Right? Like there has to be a minimum level of each. So I would say that those three things are my most important thing. So an overall design, an aesthetic that appeals to me, and a paper quality that works the way that I want it to with the majority of things that I own. But I can't really rank those last two very well because they they're
1: kind of mutually exclusive of each other. Yep, yep. I'm with you. So yeah, I, I love that question because we are all into our very, very specific little tiny things <laughs> that are important to us, yep. right? So these, like the three traits of a notebook are very important to each and every one of us, and they're all different. So it, it's interesting to hear how people categorize what they're looking for. So it's, uh, paper is, is is still, to this day, a, a not enough talked about topic because it's, it's, a, it's a challenge. Like it's a challenge to do right. So I love finding a good notebook. I love making a good notebook, too.
0: Yeah, you sure do. You do. You make very good notebooks. Where can people find those notebooks? They can go to knock.co, and they can get them. If you want to see Brad writing about notebooks, that sometimes happens over at penaddict.com. Brad is on Twitter. He is at Dowdyism. And also on Instagram, he is penaddict. I am imike, I-M-Y-K-E, and all the social places. Uh, If you want to find this show, you can go to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 270. For two reasons this week. There's a, there's a ton of links, loads of links today, lots and lots and lots. And also you get to preview and take a look at our lovely new design that we've got over at Relay.fm, which I think you should go check it out because I think that it looks really good. Um, there are still some tweaks and there are still some bugs and we're fixing them. Um, but if you come across anything, please feel free to let me know. It's- Will be very helpful. Uh, if you want to find our sponsors this week, go check them out. They're also on that page. Pen Chalet, Blue Apron and Harry's. You can get all the links there to go and check those out and support the show. But you can also support the show by becoming a FM member at Relay.fm membership. We would really, 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 really appreciate that if you do. But if you can't, it's also okay. The show continues to go on as normal and you can continue to get us. But if you're in a position to be able to support the show, then you get some cool bonuses as well. Uh, thanks to Brad for being here as always, always thanks you all for listening we'll be back next time until then say goodbye brad goodbye brad